0: All right, we welcome you in. It is a Wednesday, Locked On Syracuse podcast. Fresh off a sixty-seven to fifty-three loss to a good Villanova team at MSG, Tim Leonard here. No Tyler is still making his way back from Madison Square Garden. We'll get his reaction at some point to being at the game, but we'll dive into all the takeaways from this one. Is this an optimistic sign for Syracuse? A pessimistic sign? We'll discuss it all on the Locked On Syracuse podcast today. <laughs> are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. We are here with you guys. Tim Leonard flying solo today. Again, Tyler at the game at MSG and it seemed like he had a blast out there you know he ran into some of you guys so we appreciate anyone that was out there saying hi to him and he told me it was about a 70 to 30 crowd split in favor of Syracuse but they don't get the win in this one 67 to 53 Villanova picks up the W and an interesting game we got a really good Twitter response I'm going to start out with here from kriggs 13 who said interesting game because both the optimist and pessimist can find things to confirm their point of view and I think that's a great way of putting this Griggs because the positive here is you hung with the top 10 top 5 team on the road for 35 minutes your defense has really shown some progress here in terms of defending the three-point line and you forced Villanova sort of out of their way I know they like to shoot the three a lot and we expected that but the zone did its job in this 1-1-3 one, one, look. It hasn't been allowing a lot of points here. Florida State, 60 points, 67 to one of the top offenses in the country in Villanova. And you were in the game for a good chunk of it. You let at the half, despite Buddy being a little bit down shooting-wise. That's the positive view of this, the glass half full look. Glass half empty look is you caught Nova on an off shooting night. You still lost your bench stinks again, and you're not getting any production from the bench, zero bench points. You're still very limited on offense and you end up with four assists total in this game. There's not a lot of playmakers out there and kind of all the problems that we were worried about. The start of the season came to the forefront against a really good team. And you probably just don't have the athletes and the pieces, maybe to be a top 10 team, be a top 25 team. Jim Beheim said it afterwards. He said, think that's one of the best teams in the country. We're not one of the best teams in the country right now. They're five and four. And he said he was pleased with where the team's at, which I know that's going to get some portion of the fan base a little bit angry. I'm sort of with you there. It's a little annoying that we're not getting over the hump here in the regular season, not winning these types of games. Now we are fresh off a good win over Florida state, but you're five and four, which you're through the toughest part of your schedule now. So from here on out, You should get to nine and four. We can talk about a little bit as we progress. We'll also give out player grades today as we go along and talk about individual performances. But I think we have to start with the rebounding, right? Because that is the big takeaway here. We got a lot of Twitter thoughts on that that we'll dive into. Nova out-rebound Syracuse 57-36, to which is really concerning because Jay Wright was on Syracuse radio station before talking with Matt Park before the game, and Matt Park asked him, what's the key to your team, basically? And he said rebounding. That's the issue they've had this year. Nova's not some juggernaut on the glass, and they out-rebound you by 21. They had 27 offensive rebounds, and they had 25 second chance points. Now, part of that is they were chucking a lot of threes, 50 attempts from beyond the arc in this game, made just 13 threes. That's 26%. And they were getting a lot of those long outlet rebounds. And I'm normally not the guy that gets on here and is really worried about the rebounding struggles or overreacts to rebounding because that's always been an issue at Syracuse. We got a funny Twitter response someone saying, Why can't this program rebound? The two, three zone, since they've gone to that strictly, you're just never going to get rebounds. You're going to allow a lot on the offensive glass. And the good news about that is that even the good Syracuse teams, even the teams that, have gone to the Final Four. The one most recently that went to the Final Four, I looked it up today, 337th in the country in offensive rebounding rate or protecting offensive rebounds on Ken Palm. They're always terrible rebounding. And, and that's just the 2-3 zone. That's the scheme of it. That's the unfortunate nature of it. Now, the concerning thing is, and this is something Jim Beheim always points out, is we don't look at just the rebounding them because we know we're going to get beat on the boards Look at turnover margin plus rebound margin. That's a key stat that he likes to identify and say, all right, what, that's the stat that really matters here. And Nova won the turnover battle on this one as well, because Nova's really smart offensively. They're a veteran group. They're physical, they're strong, they're tough. And they did not turn the ball over. They had 10 turnovers in the game. Syracuse had 11. Syracuse doesn't turn over, turn the ball over much either, but they only had two in the entire second half. They had eight turnovers at the half. And from there, they totally out-rebounded Syracuse in the second half. And actually, the rebounding battle was like 20-19 to at one point. Villanova ends up being 57-36. So the second half is where it gets out of hand because not only are they getting rebounds, they're not turning the ball over. In this zone, it's just not causing the same amount of deflection, steals, blocks, that type of stuff that previous Syracuse 2-3 zones have caused. So well, rebounding has always been an issue. You're not getting the turnover production. You did get it against Indiana when you first switched to the 1-1-3 look here. They had 25 or 26 turnovers against the Hoosiers, but a lot of those was Indiana sort of giving it to you. That's going to be the key going forward because I'm not terribly worried about rebounding in particular because I knew this was going to be a problem. We get a good question here from Scott Sky5 on Twitter. He said, do you think there's an answer slash adjustment the team can make for their rebounding struggles or is poor rebounding an inevitable consequence of the team construction slash scheme? It's probably the latter. It's probably not going to be a night in and night out. Good rebounding team right now. I think they're sort of middle of the pack in terms of what you expect from a Syracuse team. They're thirteen in the country right now and defensive rebound right now. That sounds awful, but again, Even some of the good Syracuse teams have been really bad rebounding the basketball. You just out-rebounded Florida State. Some of it is fickle. Some of it is just how the ball bounces that given night. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Villanova out-rebounded you by 21. But the part that is really concerning is just the lack of overall physicality that Syracuse showed in this game. Against a Villanova team that they had a height advantage on, but Villanova was just stronger, they were tougher, they were quicker to the ball, and they were more physical. And we'll get into Jesse Edwards' performance individually in a little bit, but him in particular, it just felt like he got pushed around on the boards in the first half, and that's a guy where Tyler and I, before the game, when we did the preview podcast, targeted him as someone that could have a big game because Villanova doesn't have anyone that's playing consistent minutes over six, eight, six, nine. Jesse stood out and he's the guy that is kind of from that older two, three zone cut from that cloth where he has some athleticism. I got an interesting text from a buddy who was at the game, very casual fan of just college hoops, not even Syracuse in particular, lives in that area, went to the game, has not been following Syracuse that closely because they haven't been nationally relevant maybe as much as they have been in recent years in terms of top 25 rankings and all that stuff. And he said to me at the start of the game, about five minutes in, he texted me and said, this doesn't look like a Syracuse team. And I think that's a sad reality right now, guys, is what he means by that is the athletes, the length. Now they do have some length. I know you can push back on that a little bit with the height, but they're not getting the deflections. They're not getting the steals. They're not getting out in transition like a normal Syracuse team was. To have just four steals in this entire game, you're not going to win a game when you're not winning the turnover margin. And you're getting out rebounded that poorly because Villanova's second chance, 25 points to Syracuse's seven second chance points. That is a huge, huge lopsided thing to come up with and sort of cover up with. And we got another good Twitter response here from Jamie uh, at turbs44. He said, When we were getting stops and rebounds early, we didn't score to extend the lead, got stuck on 24 points. I totally agree. That's kind of when I thought for sure they were going to lose the game and know they were up at the half, but man, they really missed a window there in that first half where Villanova went about five minutes, didn't make a shot. The rebounding margin, like I said, was pretty even 20 to 19, I believe I saw at one point. And it just got ugly from there. And that's the concerning thing is Villanova's a really good three-point shooting team. You caught them on an off night and you still struggled because rebounding, which is not Villanova's strength, really cost you. Now, I think there's going to be games where they hang in there and even if they get out-rebound, it's not the end of the world because that's just the 2-3 zone, and that's one of the cons of it. But the physicality part is really concerning to me, and that's what needs to improve. I'll give Villanova some credit because even though they're not a tall team, they really are a tough team. They play with a physical edge to them. They're they're a strong team. Maybe it doesn't look like it on TV that much, but even a guy like Colin Gillespie is strong. He's tasked with guarding Cole Swider in this game, and it's not that big of a deal because of the height disadvantage isn't that big of a deal because of his strength so in general Villanova was a team that just out physicaled Syracuse and the refs let some calls go here which probably played into Villanova a little bit and that's kind of been the trend I would say in the early stages of these games I feel like I've been saying that pretty frequently on this podcast is that the refs have been sort of letting some pushing and shoving go uh, at the start of the year here which isn't great for Syracuse they just have to be more physical against teams like this we will Dive into the three-point defense and a little bit more on the one-three-one look and some takeaways from how Villanova shot from beyond the arc in this game in just a second. But if you are a college football fanatic, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know you guys will as well. They are the leader in college sports daily fantasy right now, offering more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world. All kinds of players you can find on there. Power five, mid-major, you name it, they've got it. And all of our users that deposit and use the promo code locked on will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And that is some serious savings with our promo code locked on all one word for that. You can do some mixed sports entries right now as well with some big bowl games coming up. Might be fun to dip into that as we get into bowl season, use the award winning app on both the app store and Google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. So getting into some more takeaways from this game and the three-point numbers we got to talk about as well. We said on the preview podcast, Villanova shoots a ton of threes, and they entered this game at 42.2% from beyond the arc. That was sixth best in the nation percentage-wise, but they were also getting the eighth most points from three-point range in terms of point disparity. In the entire country, they really are only getting points at the three point line and the foul line to this point of the season. So it did make some sense that they came out chucking threes. And I got really worried at the start because they were three for four right out of the gate. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And Syracuse was making some shots in that stretch. It was a weird game because you think big stage, Madison Square Garden, bright lights for some of those guys, Jimmy Bayheim's first time there, there'd be some nerves, Cole Swider's first game against his former team, all that. And you would think if that was the case, then the nerves would be a factor right away. And then, you know, you'd settle into the game flow and teams would start to play like they normally do. It was kind of the opposite, right? Like both teams came out firing after that terrible game that we had to watch before between Texas Tech and Tennessee. Looked like it was going to be high scoring, looked like it was going to be billed like it was supposed to with the offensive shootout. Then it just came to a screeching halt. Nova went on that one for 17 stretch, which was sort of puzzling. But The overall three-point numbers, they are the fifth major conference team in the last 25 years, according to ESPN stats and info, to attempt 50 threes in a game. That has to be the most, I haven't looked, but I think it's the most in the last 15 years I saw somewhere that Syracuse has allowed in a game. And Syracuse allows a lot of threes. And this was a talking point after the Colgate game, and they attempted 40-something threes. And a lot of people were trying to make the argument, oh, that's Colgate, they're a rare team. Syracuse is not going to allow that many attempts from three. Most teams just won't do that against Syracuse in conference play. We're kind of seeing a trend with this year's team, and I think it's partially because we've switched a little bit to this 1-1-3 look where that wing shooter is getting maybe a little bit more open than in years past, and you're also a lot less likely to get it in the lane and get it to the high post now that teams are just settling for the three. And Villanova can shoot it. They did not shoot it well in this game, despite the good start, despite some threes in the second half that were timely. Again, 13 for 50 from three. In general, that's fine. Like, I'm not too worried about the three point defense. It's trending in the right direction, and you're forcing a lot of threes here. But you could make the argument that they're kind of getting a good run here of luck uh, in terms of how teams are shooting, because a lot of these shots are open. Now, the difference is. When you're playing a 2-3 zone and you're swinging it around and you're shooting a lot of flat-footed shots, I know Nova likes to shoot on the catch-and-shoot, but Nova likes to drive to pass, drive to kick a lot. And they couldn't do that against Syracuse in this game because it's tougher to get into the lane against a 2-3 zone. They also like to post up their guards a good amount. Guys like Moore, Gillespie, get them backing down on smaller defenders. Can't do that against a 2-3 zone. So they did take Nova out of what they wanted to do. To an extent, I think teams are just going to continue to chuck threes with this one-one-three look. I'm a little worried that they're going to start making a little bit more. Maybe not Georgetown or some of these upcoming games here. But, you know, you're 190 in the country right now, 3.8, 33.4%. It was worse than that. It was in the high 200s. It's trending in the right direction right now. So Villanova's a kind of an exception because they do like to shoot a ton of threes. They have good ball movement. They did get a lot of looks in this game, though, and again, I go back to that stretch at the beginning of the game, where really middle of the second half, I should say, where Syracuse was in the lead. I think they maybe led by four at one point at like 2016, but they never got it to two or I guess I should say three possessions or got up by eight, got up by nine, where you're really threatening, where you're really getting mojo on your side, and I think that was a bummer looking back on it. because. Villanova did not play to their normal degree of, of strength in terms of three point shooting. And and they really gave Syracuse an opportunity to win this game. 14 point loss is very misleading and kind of unfortunate that it ended up that way. Because, you know, if you're the NCAA tournament committee and you look back on this game, it was a Syracuse lead at half. It was Syracuse in this for a good 30 to 35 minutes, even five minutes left. I think they were down by four after Jimmy hit a bucket, but Three-point defense, it's never really my biggest concern with the zone because they usually end up sort of finding its level and teams end up just chucking threes and getting out of their rhythm a little bit on offense. A little bit of a concern right now is when I do look at Hoop Math and their field goal percentage defense at the rim, 326 in the nation. The good Syracuse teams have been very solid in that category. They are not right now, but... We'll dive into some player grades on this game. We'll go through the five starters because sadly, once again, you can't really glean too much from the bench, the amount they're playing, the amount they're giving in terms of offensive production. Could say maybe the starters got tired in this game because of that. And we'll talk about that with Buddy a little bit, I think. But I'll go through one by one, each of the five starters in just a second, give my grades on them. But BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues to march towards the playoffs, got bowl games, all that good stuff. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online, where the games start. We also want to tell you guys that this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, a built bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I love Bilt Bars. It'd be a great gift to give to someone in the holiday season right now, and they have some special marshmallowy treats around the holiday right now. You need to get your hands on the Bilt Bar Puffs if you haven't already. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, different flavors all covered in chocolate. They taste very good, and you won't believe that they are somehow filled with protein, tons of different options for the holiday season, tons of different new flavors coming out right now, and you'll have a hard time choosing whether it's raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, one of my personal favorites. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel for the holiday season. Right now, go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code locked fifteen for 15% off at Bilt.com. So let's dive into some player grades here. And let's start with Jimmy. Let's start with the probably the best performance from anyone on this team. Gotta say Jimmy's playmaking has really impressed me. I'm going to give him an A- because didn't give you a ton on the rebounding edge. Still, you know, isn't the sharpest defender ever, but you know, I I can't give him really anything lower than an A because he was the guy that was making plays. And when Buddy was not able to do much, it's really sort of crazy how much we need Jimmy's playmaking right now against good teams. Again, just four total assists in this game for Syracuse. Remember at the start of the year where we were sort of raving about individual ball movement and how this team was racking up like 26 assists on 30 shots and I don't know. It's just when we've gone up in competition here, teams are really doing a good job of keen in on buddy. And they're also not sagging off the shooters. They're not helping on defense. And they're saying, you know what? We've scouted you guys and we don't think you can beat us on the floor. We don't think you have the playmakers one-on-one to consistently score on us. We'd rather you beat us that way than beat us from beyond the three-point arc. Syracuse was four for eight from three in the first half, finished five for 15. They're just not getting up a lot of threes for the best shooting team in Jim Boeheim's tenure. You know, he made that claim at the start of the year. They can't really score against good defenses right now. 53 points, that's not a lot. And that's concerning when we build this offense as being the calling card of the team. Villanova's a decent defense, but again, it's the physicality. It's the toughness that they play with that Syracuse just didn't really match in this game. I will say Jimmy's one of the few guys right now that when he gets a switch, he's taking advantage of. He's going to his arsenal of moves, kind of like his brother likes to do. It's not the quickest thing, but it's effective, and it's working. We need more guys like that, and it's tough because I don't really know who's going to step up in that regard in terms of playmaking, but Jimmy needs to keep bringing that for us. Next guy here, Joe Girard. I'll give him a B. I mean, quite simply, it was the most Joe Girard game ever, right? The way he comes out, hits a logo three to make it 10-9 right away. He's getting the crowd pumped up, even uh, set a charge against Gillespie once and got everyone fired up there. And he's feeding off the energy. Then he has the four turnovers and he has a big couple turnovers late in the second half and he gets chewed out by Bayheim on the bench once or twice. Overall, Joe is just Joe right now. He's he's making threes at a high rate. He's not shooting a ton, which is good. It's not like he's chucking. I guess some of these you could point to as a little iffy, but that's just knowing. If you know his game, you know his range. I'm not overly worried about it unless it's you know a thirty footer when the game's on the line, like it was against Indiana, and you're coming out of timeout. That's not ideal, but I do think he's kind of just playing like we should expect him to play for the rest of his career. It seems like now he's settled into this point, right? Where freshman year, he comes out, he has a very nice freshman campaign, all things considered. I know some people will point at how he didn't really bring it or, or whatnot, and there's always going to be some Joe haters out there. But overall, freshman year was solid for a freshman. Sophomore year was bad, and he had a sophomore slump, and it was COVID, and it probably got in his head, and he's talked a lot about that. Now, he, as a junior... I would say the concerning thing is, has he hit his ceiling, right? Because when he was entering his sophomore year, I remember doing podcasts with Tyler on here and saying, can Joe Girard take a sophomore leap? Can he do that? Can he be one of your go-to guys this year? He didn't make it, obviously, in his sophomore year. So now maybe is it just a delayed leap? Well, we haven't really seen a quote unquote leap because in order for him to make that leap, he probably has to just take care of the turnovers more and become a little bit more poised and that's the concerning thing is we're in year three now and he's turning it over at a rate that's even higher than year one and when he plays against tight pressure which he's gone up against a lot so far this season when he plays against physical strong guards he still has turnovers now I got to give him a lot of credit for a shot because it was struggling in his first two years even his freshman year he shot in the low 30s from three right now he's shooting like as good as anyone in the ACC from three point range. And he has long range and he's a tough guy to guard, but overall he just can't get to the basket that much. And I wonder, can he make a leap as a player or is this just the Joe Girard we're going to get next year as well, which is fine. It's a solid point guard. It's just not some player that we're going to be telling our grandkids about. Right. And you know, maybe that some people had those lofty expectations for him. I don't know. It, He's not a super talented guy. That's the reality of the situation. He put up a lot of points in high school, but he was still ranked 220, 230, or whatever for a reason. Now, he was recruited by a lot of good schools, including Villanova, and I had pretty decent expectations for him. He's a good player. I just don't know if he's ever going to be a great player at Syracuse, which when we fast forward to next year, which is kind of foolish right now, but you might need him to be a great player next year if that team's going to be top 25 good or top 30, top 35 good next year. All right, let's talk about Buddy. Kind of put that off to this point. Just a really rough game for him again, and he's not shooting well from three. Look, three for 20 in his last three games from beyond the arc. That's 15%. On the year, 25.9% from three-point range. He's been good overall until these last two games in terms of his overall product. Teams are defending him tight, and in this game, he started out two for two. That's the weird thing. He finishes three for 15. 0 for 5 from 3, 6 total points. Did get some good looks in the second half, but that's just tough. I mean, it's tough to get into the flow of the game at that point because when you're getting the ball, it's like a rarity, right? He only had one assist in this game. He didn't have any rebounds. So that's why I'm giving him a D minus. It wasn't like he helped out in other areas like a true superstar would do if you were struggling. He just, if he's not making his shots right now, and he's not getting the ball, it's kind of tough for him to make a total impact on the game. Now, he's spacing the floor. He's doing some things. He's requiring a lot of defensive attention. He's still helping us, but we got a lot of Twitter responses that is true. You just need more from him right now if you're going to beat a team like Villanova, neutral site. Somehow, we beat Florida State, and he didn't give us much. Florida State's probably a little overrated right now. They're not playing that good. We picked him off at a good time, maybe you could say, but buddy's got to give us more. I'll give him a D minus. And then my last guy here that I'll grade the last starter that I haven't got to Jesse. I'm a little probably harder on him now, which is probably unfair because at the start of the year, this would be a B plus or an A performance from Jesse maybe. But now that we've seen him and we know what we need from him this year, I'm going to raise my standards for him. I'm gonna give him a C on this game. Maybe, you know, we got a lot of tweets that people were like Joe, Jesse, Jimmy stepped up. I guess the three J's there. We need more from Cole and Buddy. Good to see Jesse still playing well. We got a lot of tweets in those main. He only had three fouls. That's a positive. But I'm sorry, we need more from him. Rebounding the basketball. We need more from him from a physicality standpoint. Again, I thought this was gonna be a matchup that he could exploit. And he goes one for six from the floor. Very weird for him. He's been right up there in terms of nationally in field goal percentage going into this game. He also was eight for 15 from the line, not great shooting from the free throw line. I'll give him credit because he did get to the line, only Syracuse player on the roster to get to the line in this game, which maybe that's on the reps and how they officiated a little bit. And maybe that's why he only had three personal fouls on his end, which is still a positive, but seven rebounds in a game where you got manhandled, And if we're being honest, there were some moments in that first half where, He had the ball in his hands. He let it go. He got out physical by a smaller player. Just can't have that. I know he's balancing that fine line of being aggressive, but staying out of foul trouble. But we need him to be an impact on the boards more. Cole Swider is leading this team in rebounding. I failed to mention how he did have 12 boards when I gave Cole Swider his C plus grade. I'll give him credit for that. I guess I don't even know if I got to Cole. I think I skipped him. So I'll get to Cole after this in a sec, but you know, Jesse just needs to give you more right now on the rebound. And I'm sorry if I'm nitpicking now and maybe I'm raising the standards too high, but that's my take on the situation. I did skip Cole. So let me give him his C plus and talk about him real quick before we get out of here. Cole Swider bowl. I was really pumped that he made that first shot, Thought that was a good sign for the whole revenge game factor finishes with five points. He's two for seven from the floor. I got to say, we're just not getting enough from him offensively right now. Now, is that on him? I don't know, because he was re- we're requiring him to make a big leap and fill some big shoes, whether it's Quincy, Allen Griffin, whoever you look at, those were guys that could, to some extent, put it on the floor, be athletic, make plays with their quickness. Cole, when he's going up against tight defense, good defense, I have yet to see him put it on the floor and make a play. And he's playing like a shooter that needs to be a scorer for us right now, to put it simply. He's very limited on offense, and he's picking up his dribble in some bad spots. There was that one play against Florida State that really stood out to me where he got trapped in the corner and got a five-second call. Now, maybe they should have let it play out a little bit longer, but either way, he's just picking up his dribble in these untimely spots right before the end of the game, before he made those free throws against Florida State. He had a costly turnover where he sort of picked up his dribble, did the pivot foot thing right at the free throw line. We need more from him. We need him to not be forcing shots. We need him to be a playmaker. And I don't know if he's going to get there this year, guys. I mean, it's a guy that I really like. I really think he has the right mindset, high basketball IQ, high work ethic. He came on this podcast, so I'm incredibly biased towards him for doing that. He was great on this podcast if you missed that. But right now, I'd have to give him a C plus, even though he's coming down with a lot of rebounds and he's helping us out in that regard in a huge way. Tied the career high with 12 boards. Again, you just need more from him offensively and you need more from him as a playmaker because he's filling some big shoes there and they don't have a lot of playmakers outside of him. And it's not like Benny is developing into that guy right now either, which we'll probably talk about Benny and the bench as the week goes along here. But hopefully we'll get Tyler back on, get his thoughts from being at the game, some takeaways that he saw in person from this team, be interested to get that. We will get you guys ready for Georgetown later in the week as well. Road game Saturday at noon. We'll have a full preview podcast, Abundo's Digits, all that stuff on Friday. And we'll get into probably some more Twitter thoughts on tomorrow's show as well. We really appreciate all the Twitter reactions out there and you guys tweeting at us at LO underscore Syracuse during the games. But thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me ramble today on the solo podcast. Hopefully we'll have Tyler back tomorrow and we'll talk to you guys then.